Welcome to Married by Design. This week on Married by Design, we're going to be looking at the voice that speaks to us to encourage and strengthen us, to help us to get through any issue in our life, and to remind us of God's presence. That's what we'll be looking at on this episode of Married by Design. The purpose of the Married by Design podcast is to encourage couples to enjoy all that God has for them in their marriage relationship. Well, welcome back to our show. We have just finished a series entitled Us Versus 2021, and we're about to start the new series, Falling Back in Love. Jan and I have begun to work on this new series and are very excited about the impact that it has had on our relationship, as well as the ways that we can encourage you in your marriage. But before we begin that series, I wanted to take a week to allow Janet to have some time off and to share some things that are on my heart. What I want to talk about this week is the power of creation and what an impact it should have on every human being alive. If we have a clearer and more complete understanding of who God is and that He's there, it will impact the way that we handle things such as the challenges that we've gone through. It will have an impact on our ability to relate to our spouse and to love them and to cultivate that romance back in a relationship. Our understanding of God should impact every aspect of our lives. I want to look this week at the voice of creation. That is, that the creation, everything that we see around us, that has been made, speaks of God's presence and who He is. I want to look at this concept for the Christian, but also to speak to those who are wondering if God is really there and worthy of trust. He is there, and He is worthy to be trusted. He is speaking to you right now through His creation as well as through His written word. We have a special revelation in the Bible that tells us all about who God is and what he's done. But we also have a general revelation, which is everything that he has created that we see around us that demonstrates clearly that he is there, here, and what he is like. Let me read part of Psalm 19. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech, and night tonight reveals knowledge. And in verse 4, their voice goes out through all the earth and their words to the ends of the world. David in that song indicates that all we have to do is look around us to see that God is there and that creation shows us who he is. Paul writes the same thing in Romans 1. In Romans 1.19, he writes, For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made, so that they are without excuse. Paul also indicates that the creation around us, everything that we see, is a demonstration that there is a designer, there is a creator, there is a God. In fact, it's so clear that there is really no excuse for denying God. Every person alive 
enjoys nature. We enjoy the beauty and the artistry of all the things that we see around us. And it's amazing to me that we can enjoy all these things and yet not see the maker behind them. Let me illustrate this. Look around the room that you're in right now. How do you think that the room, house, the apartment you're in came to be? If I were to suggest to you that there are two basic options as to how the house or your apartment came to be that you're in right now, that would probably sound familiar to you. The first possibility is that there was somebody who built the house. There was someone who designed it and put it together. It took work and energy and planning. And the result of all that labor is what you are sitting in right now and enjoying. The second possibility is that there is no designer, no maker of the house that you're in. It came together by mere chance. There was no plan or mind behind it. It developed from atoms and the atoms joined together to form two by fours. The two by fours magically joined together and nails appeared to hold them together. The drywall rose out of the soil by itself and formed the walls. Each room appeared naturally without any thought or design. Now, the question I have for you is this. Which possibility do you believe? If I were to come to you and argue that your house evolved over millions of years without any design or workmanship, you would laugh at me. It would seem utterly ridiculous and impossible for such a thing to happen, for a house to come to be in such a way. And yet that is becoming the predominant theme in our world today. As people move away from God and His presence in their life, they decide to believe something that seems to be ridiculous. And how much more intricate and beautiful and well-planned is this world that we live in than a house? how stunning it is, and how perfectly suited for us to live in. Chris Rice wrote a song some years ago called Hallelujahs. In the song, he sings about so many amazing things that we enjoy in this creation that point to God. And I want to take a moment, if you'll be patient with me, to read those lyrics to you. He writes, A purple sky to close the day. I wade the surf where dolphins play. The taste of salt, the dance of waves, and my soul wells up with hallelujahs. A lightning flash, my pounding heart, a breaching whale, a shooting star, give testimony that you are, and my soul wells up with hallelujahs. O cratered moon and sparrow's wings, O thunder's boom and Saturn's rings, unveil our Father as you sing. And my soul wells up with hallelujahs. Oh, praise him, his mighty works. The pulse of life within my wrist, a fallen snow, a rising mist. There is no higher praise than this. And my soul wells up. There is no language where you can't be heard. Your song goes out to all the earth. Now, to be sure, there are a lot of things that are not right in this world. Crime, hatred, destruction, death are all part of our world today. 
But that is not a reflection on the designer, but of the tenants who have not taken care of it. It would be the same thing if you saw a house that was elegant and beautiful, and yet the people that lived there did not take care of it, and because of that, it was in disrepair. You would see both the beauty and the design of the house originally, but you would also see the decay that is not due to the builder, but to those who are living there. And that's what we see today. My suggestion is that what David saw and what David said is true. That if we only look around us, we can see the handiwork of God. And the only rational response is to accept the fact that he is there and that he made it all. I think that is the logical and really only reasonable conclusion as Paul wrote. And yet the position that God does not exist and everything just came to be is gaining ground surprisingly. I think that atheism, though it makes bold claims, has no higher intellectual or scientific ground. Those who argue that God does not exist present themselves as scientific and rational, but what they present and argue for is simply not scientific or, I think, rational. If you abandon the belief in God, you have very little to stand on, I believe. I read a book by Stephen Hawking called A Brief History of Time. In it, Hawking talks about the singularity. My understanding of what he was saying is that all time, space, and matter came into existence at a point in time. I think it's what some may call the Big Bang. I agree that everything came into existence, all time, space, and matter at one point. It's not even possible there could have been an infinite past because we would never have we would never arrive at the present time. The problem for the atheist is that it takes greater faith to believe in the singularity. It's not scientific at all. It can't be reproduced and was not observed. I don't know of anything that ever came into being without a cause. Has anything, has anyone ever seen time or space or matter, quote, come into being? To be sure, Christians believe some fantastic things, but they also believe in a miracle-working God that causes and creates the miracles. For the atheists, they have to believe that all space, time, and matter began spontaneously uncaused, and that is quite a leap of faith. But the trouble for the atheist doesn't stop there. It seems to me that it's very unscientific to believe in evolution. In regards to the theory of evolution, William Lane Craig, in a debate with the late Christopher Hitchens, argued that biological evolution is fantastically improbable. He indicates that Barrow and Tipler, two physicists in their book, The Anthropic Cosmological Principle, list out 10 steps in the course of human evolution, each of which is so improbable that before it would have occurred, the sun would have ceased to be a main sequence star and would have incinerated the earth. They calculate the probability of evolution of the human genome to be somewhere between 4 to the negative 180th to the negative 110th thousandth power to 4 to the negative 360th to the 110th thousandth power. 
So William Lane Craig includes, so if evolution did occur on the planet, it was a miracle and therefore would be evidence for the existence of God. Evolution is clearly contrary to the laws of science. The second law of thermodynamics states that any system left to itself will move from a state of order to a state of disorder. That is exactly the opposite of what is claimed in the theory of evolution, which which suggests that all living things on their own have become more and more complex over millions of years. I've only touched on a few things and encourage you to do some reading, uh, and you can check out some of the debates by William Lane Craig on YouTube. So why is it then, if the designer is so clearly seen around us, and the theory of evolution has serious flaws and needs great faith, why is there an increasing number of people who believe in it? Well, the answer is back in Romans chapter 1. In Romans 1.21, Paul writes, For though they knew God, they did not honor Him as God or give Him thanks, but they became foolish in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Paul's saying that people know that God is there, but they turn away from Him. They do not want to honor Him or submit to Him as God. If you take God out of the equation, you have to make up your own shaky theory about how everything came to be. And then you're free to do whatever you want without any accountability to a higher being. The results of ignoring God are being seen all around us. It has been disheartening to see the brokenness, the crime, the hatred, the racism that has increased as the rejection of God has increased. But That is what we've seen in other atheistic governments such as under Lenin and Stalin. What is my point to this? If you're listening to this and you have not yet acknowledged God, I would encourage you to look around you at everything you see and realize that God is there and He made you and everything that you enjoy. This is the real basis of enjoying life and having real purpose, of getting through 2021 and cultivating your love for your spouse. Certainly people who don't know God can have a good life and love, but they don't have God's wisdom and enablement and can't fulfill the purposes that they were created for. God has created you for so much more. And everything that we see around us in creation should remind us of Him. And it should encourage us to pursue the one who made it all. The challenge that the Christian has today is not to fall into the defective philosophy that God is not there. There also is the danger that many have fallen into of being deists. Many people, deists, would admit that God uh, created everything, but that he leaves everything to us and that he's really not here now. So going back to Romans 1, you have to see what Paul says that creation tells us. It doesn't just show us that God is there. Creation also shows us what he's like. Paul writes in verse 19, what can be known about him is plain to them because God has shown it to them. In verse 20, he goes on, for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and his divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and the things that he has made. When we look around us at everything that has been made, it tells us about God. It reminds us constantly what he's like. 
And that should give us great comfort and encouragement. Well, let me go back to the analogy I used earlier about a house. Look around at the house or the apartment that you're in. What does it tell you about the person, persons who made it? I look at my house, which I'm sitting right now in the living room, and I see the great artistry and the skillfulness that was put into it. The lines are straight, the moldings add to it. It is very pleasant. It shows me that the one who made it has great skill. I also see a great amount of power in the making of this house. The energy that had to be put into the weight of the materials, the challenges of construction, reveal the builders had great power at their disposal. I also see a desire to benefit and to help in the construction of the house. I see a designer that cared about comfort, making things pleasant and accessible. We have two bathrooms, a kitchen, a laundry room. We have four bedrooms. When the designer and the builder built it, they had in mind our needs and making sure that they were met. Well, when you look at creation, creation should shout out to you what God is like. There is such a beauty and artistry and skillfulness in creation. That song that I read before by Chris Rice underlines the fact that the creator of all things has done his creating skillfully. To be sure, there again, there are a lot of things that are wrong in the world, but that's not because of the designer, but because of those who have taken up residence in the world. The singularity that Stephen Hawking talks about sounds a lot like the moment of creation. The incredible amount of power that had to exist before the singularity indicates that God is all-powerful. The design of this world indicates that God is loving and caring and wants to provide for you. Did you realize that the earth is the exact perfect distance away from the sun so that we would have the right amount of light and heat? If it was any other way, we would either be burned up or freeze up or actually never have existed. Did you know that this world has the perfect amount of gravity keep us on the surface of planet without pulling us down? Scientists don't even know what gravity is, but there is a designer who made it perfectly for us. Did you ever think about the fact that our atmosphere has the perfect amount of elements in order for us to breathe and survive? I would suggest to you that all these things didn't happen by chance, but were at the hand of a loving creator that has provided for you. The reason that I wanted to take a week to look at these things is that I think that they are vital in the world today. We live in a time where we are increasingly taught to believe that God does not exist and that we're on our own. I think that reality is far from that. If you don't believe in God and haven't trusted in Christ, look around you. For all that you see, this creation is crying out to you that he is there and that he loves you. He loves you so much that he sent his son Jesus Christ to die for you on the cross so that you could be forgiven. All that you have to do is call out to him humbly in prayer and ask him to save you. It does include acknowledging that he's there. You can't have a marriage the way that God designed it unless you acknowledge him and put your trust in Christ. There's so much more to marriage and the relationship than just getting along. Because he's there 
through that relationship, you can be able to weather any storm, including another year like 2020. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, I would encourage you to look around and enjoy this creation and, and let it be a stirring reminder to you of his love, his power, his grace, his wisdom, and so much more. Every time you look at the mountains, every time you feel the pulse in your wrist, as Chris Rice said, every time you hear the birds singing, it's calling you back. That voice is calling you to the reality that God is there and who he is. And now for your homework. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to spend an hour outside in his creation just listening and enjoying all that he's created around you. It's amazing that you don't even have to go to the mountains or the beach for that. At every place that we are, we see his handiwork. And as you enjoy and think about those things, reflect back on who he is and that he is. But let me pray for you. Father, I pray that as we enjoy all that you've created, that it would call us to you, Father, to see that you are there and who you are. And Lord, that we would all trust you more because of that revelation that you've given us in your creation and also in the revelation that you've given us in your word, the Bible. And we ask for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, that's it for this week. And Janet will be back next week with me as I'm sure that you miss her. Next week, we'll be beginning a new series entitled Falling Back in Love. We're going to be looking at the Bible as to God's expectation of the marriage relationship and how that should include romance and a growing passion for your spouse. That's what we'll be looking at on our next episode of Married by Design.